Welcome to the Mystical Truths Podcast. This is Rebecca, and I'm really glad you're here. Let's unlock your world. I love this so much, I just had to share it. I read in The Guardian, the UK news, that before Sandy Wood, who was a woman from Bristol, finished her physical life, she arranged for her funeral to be something to remember instead of a sad event. At 65, she had a fatal condition, and she just wanted a send-off that was as flashy and unserious as she was. So she bought a pink casket with the phrase, going out in style, proudly displayed across the front of it. At the funeral, she had her sparkly heels and handbags right there by the casket. And she also had arranged for dancers to flash mob the funeral which turned out to be no small task because many groups just weren't comfortable with it. But Sandy knew she could have whatever she wanted, so her and a friend found this cabaret dance group called Flaming Feathers. And I guess the group at first said that they thought the idea was daunting, but also exciting because it was so out of their norm. So picture this. The day of the funeral, everyone is seated in the crematorium, including the dancers who were scattered about each had a jacket on or coat so that you know their dance outfits didn't show. So here they are, pink casket up front, sparkly handbags and shoes up there. Then about halfway through the service, right in the midst of some crying family and friends, the dancers stand up as loud music starts to play, Queens, another one bites the dust. They remove their jackets and begin the flash mob. I guess at first people were pretty confused and clueless, but they quickly began to figure it out, and they started clapping along. This was so Sandy. So I guess the group put on quite a show, just like Sandy wanted, including doing a conga as they exited the building. How fun is that? You know, in my mind, it it would have been her way of saying, don't go there. Like, don't go to that sad, dark place. I'm still alive. Let's have some fun. I think it's a great idea. So afterwards, I guess the dancers said that they thought it was scary because they really didn't know how people were going to receive it. But they said it ended up being a lot of fun, you know, especially when people began clapping along and really getting into it. The crowd seemed to enjoy it because everybody knew it just fit Sandy's personality. And it it felt better than what was occurring before that. Oh, and by the way, when her coffin came in, It was intentionally late because in life she was often very late. So she wanted to be late for her own funeral. I just love this. So overall it was very positive and it didn't seem to offend anyone. You know, the group was kind of concerned about that. And I guess one of them said that they really felt like they had changed some things. You know, they said it seems that more people are encouraging others to be more colorful at funerals rather than being so Victorian and Gothic. And I'll add in there, torturous and serious and depressing and, you know, so on. I think it's just time to get a grip on this whole death thing. Sandy Wood died in September of 2022, and she was flash mobbed on November 4th of 2022. That's just fun. I'm sure the soul who had been Sandy for a bit here was thrilled. Her friend Sam, who handled all the arrangements, described Sandy as a loud, rebellious, and much-loved person by friends and community. Sam said she was a very big character. 
And funny enough, she was actually very short. She was a big personality in a small package. So I wanted to share that because like Sandy, I, I would just love to help people not take death so seriously. It just doesn't have to be that bad once you understand what's really going on there. Because change just has to be. I mean, there's just no other way for eternity to be eternal. Change has to be. It's sort of like, do you really want to be in your 20s for your whole life here? You really don't. My soul doesn't want to be Rebecca forever. For a while, for now, but not forever. So I think it's a really good idea to accept and to celebrate changes. If you want to be happy, you just got to get used to it. So let's look, why not, let's look at how creative and fun people are becoming with the whole death thing. Because, you know, smart people are ditching the doom and gloom. Happy funerals, celebrations of life are on the rise. We're celebrating the person's life, like in a more upbeat, specific to them kind of tone. We're doing things like fun music, like Sandy did. Brighter and non-traditional clothing, fewer tissues, or just tissues for laughing. We're decorating coffins, sharing jokes, booking live performances with mu musicians and dancers and clowns and even magicians. We're making pre-recorded upbeat videos, arranging for icebreaker questions for guests to make it more fun, right? Like a question like, did you know that Alan named every vehicle we ever owned? Do you know the name of his most recent one? Or fun fact cards like, Mary worked on a cruise ship for two years in her early 20s. Just some stuff to get people talking in a fun way and to give people something to do at a funeral or a wake or a celebration of life other than be sad. If you're really into books, have your favorite books given away at the funeral. Just put them out there. Pick one. I love these books. If you want to remember me by taking one or if you just like one and you want to read it, how fun. We're even making gift bags with things like forget-me-not seeds for people to plant and watch bloom each year. That's a cool little thing. There are themed funerals like Star Wars funerals and it just goes on and on. It's as vast as our creativity and uniqueness. You know, and in my mind, why buy an expensive coffin to plant in the ground when you can pay for some fun instead? I mean, to each his own, that's just my thought. Even ashes can be fun. Ashes can be mixed in with ink and tattooed. You can be sent off with a bang and fireworks. I know somebody who really does that. He'll take some of the person's ashes, put them in the fireworks, and boom. You can, ashes can be planted with a tree to grow, put in jewelry, artwork, even vinyl records, stuffed animals, mixed into cement to make marine reef, hung in a tree ornament, scattered from an airplane. They can even be launched into space or sent to the moon if that's what you want to do. I mean, why not? That's around $12,000 for those two, but if you got it, you want to do it, that's just fun. I think funeral directors should say, you can buy this casket for your formerly focused in now embalmed body, or we can celebrate you, then do some fun stuff with the body's ashes. You pick. 
So anything reflecting and honoring the personality of the person that was is a cool thing. I mean, the possibilities are endless to put together an uplifting, energetic, and more celebratory event. Because who really wants to go to a funeral? We've all heard people say, I hate funerals. Well, of course. It's just nothing anybody looks, oh, I can't wait to go to that funeral. Well, we could do that. I can't wait to go to that funeral. That could be a thing. Like, yes, there's been a big change. And yes, there will be some adjustment. But when you understand that nobody dies and that it is just that change, it's easier to accept, isn't it? So, you know, even like songs like Frank Sinatra's My Way or Awesome, a lot of people do that. But I found that the 10th most popular fun funeral song choice in the UK is Monty Python's comical Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. <laughs> How good is that? Monty Python, if you're not familiar, was, were shows that were based on a particularly odd and pretty humorous look at life. They sort of mocked the bizarre norm. You know, when I first saw Monty Python years ago, I thought it was just weird. But then when I just relaxed and really looked at it, I noticed that they were showing people how just flipping bizarre humans can be. One of Monty Python's much-loved members passed in his 40s. I think it was like 1989. If you want a good laugh and a view of the bright side of death, check out Graham Chapman's memorial service, the longer version, on YouTube. It's, it's pretty cool. So people who come to these celebrations, are, they're relieved, they're impressed. No exhausting funeral to go through. It's easier on the family, especially. And people say they had no idea that a sad occasion could be so much fun, or be a happy one at least. And that you could be so creative in a time that's usually dark and somber for a lot of people. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, and this even helps people think about how they would want that time, that funeral time, to go for their loved ones when they pass. So are the dead who are still living offended if we do nothing? Absolutely not. Are they convinced that we love them if we do these things? No, they already know our love regardless. They know it really well when they're out of the physical. And their own self-love is completely intact. They don't need you to do things to prove love or anything like that. They really don't watch to see how much we mourn or celebrate them. But they really do enjoy our joy. So they're not measuring the celebration by how much money you spent or how many people showed up or how many. It's just, it's a much more simple thing than that. They love our joy. We get to do it however, however we want. And, you know, knowing that all is well in physical life and the afterlife is not a new thing. I found a few little true stories that I'll share with you. Dwight Moody, he was born in 1837 said, you know, someday you'll read in the papers that D.L. Moody of Northfield is dead. Don't believe a word of it. At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. I shall have gone higher, that's all. And then they said a few hours before he withdrew from his physical body, he woke from his sleep and said, Earth recedes. Heaven opens before me. If this is death, it's sweet. 
There also was an old bishop, Warren Chandler, who was near his transition. And the friend said, just tell me frankly, do you fear crossing over the river of death? And Chandler said, why? I belong to a father who owns the land on both sides of the river. I thought that was pretty clever. This is cute. A woman who had been diagnosed with a terminal illness, and this is years ago, was getting her things in order, so she had the pastor come over to her house to help discuss some final wishes. So as they're talking, she says, there's one more thing. This is very important. I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand. And the pastor just really didn't know where to go with that. And she said, well, that surprises you, doesn't it? And he said, well, to be honest, you know, I'm, I'm quite puzzled. So she says, in all the years of attending church socials and potluck dinners, when the dishes of the main course were being cleared, someone would inevitably lean over and say, keep your fork. This was my favorite part because I knew that something better was coming, like velvety chocolate cake or apple pie, something wonderful and with substance. So I just want people to see me there in the casket with a fork in my right hand, and I want them to wonder, what's with the fork? Then I want you to tell them, keep your fork. The best is yet to come. Leighton Ford for many years worked as an associate to Billy Graham. When his son Sandy died, he really struggled with that loss. Which I want to say, there's no true loss, but when you believe that we die, what other word could you use? So even though he thought that he couldn't literally communicate with his son, he kept a journal of imaginary conversations between them. And in one of those imaginary conversations, he wrote, Sandy, I sure do miss you. I think about you more now than I did when you were here on earth. I know you do, Dad. I hear those thoughts. I guess I'm just afraid that as time goes on here, I'll lose the sense of nearness we once had. But why, Sandy replied. It's just like one big long day here. And besides that, you're not moving away from me. You're moving toward me. And the wall between us is so thin, you'd laugh if you could see it. Thanks, son. It's getting late. I'd better get to bed. It's dark. Enjoy the stars. It's day here, Dad. Enjoy the light. So Leighton, without maybe realizing it, maybe that helped him realize it, in his genius idea to write imaginary conversations between him and the soul that he knew to be his son here, had opened up himself to receive the inspired thoughts from his son, or the soul who was his son. And that's how it works. They're sending, and you'll interpret and receive it in a way that fits for you, or fits your belief system. And one last story. This is actually a story. This isn't a, a true story. It's a made-up story. It's an old fable. That was a, as far as I can tell, as far as I could find out, was titled Death in 1971. It's called The Waterbug Story, which is really great for helping children understand this whole death thing. So it goes like this. Down below the surface of a quiet pond lived a little colony of waterbugs. They were a happy colony, 
lived far away from the sun. For many months, they were very busy scurrying over the soft mud on the bottom of the pond. They did notice, though, that every once in a while, one of their colonies seemed to lose interest in going about with its friends and would cling to the stem of a lily pond and gradually move up, up, and out of sight to be seen no more. Look, said one of the water bugs to another, one of our colony is climbing up the lily stalk. Where do you think she's going? Up, up slowly, she went. As they watched, the water bug disappeared from sight. Its friends waited and waited, but it didn't come back. That's funny, said one water bug to another. Wasn't she happy here? asked the second. Where do you suppose she went? wondered the third. Well, none of them had an answer. They were very puzzled. Finally, one of the water bugs gathered its friends together. I have an idea. The next time one of us climbs up the lily stalk, we must promise to come back and tell the others where we went and why. They all promised. And then one spring day, the very water bug who suggested the plan found himself climbing up the lily stalk. Up and up he went. Before he knew what was happening, he had broken through the surface of the water and fallen into the broad and free lily pad above. When he woke up, he looked around, surprised. He couldn't believe what he saw. A startling change had come over his old body. His movements revealed four silver wings and a long tail. Even as he struggled, he felt an impulse to move his wings. The warm sun had dried the moisture from his new body. He moved his wings again and suddenly found himself fully above water. He had become a dragonfly. Swooping and dipping in great curves and turns, he flew through the air. He felt exhilarated in this new atmosphere. But soon he landed happily on the lily pad to rest. And he looked below to the bottom of the pond. He was right above his old friends, the water bugs. They were scurrying around just as he had been before. And then he remembered the promise. Without thinking, he darted down, hit the surface of the water, and bounced away. Now that he was a dragonfly, he could no longer go down into the water. I can't return, he thought. Well, at least I tried. But I can't keep my promise. Even if I could go back, the water bugs wouldn't recognize me now. I guess I'll just have to wait until they become dragonflies too. Then they'll understand what has happened to me and where I went. And the dragonfly flew away off happily into its wonderful life. So I think that's cool for adults too. But as adults, you know, we know that it, it's kind of like that. Except we don't get a new body. We just no longer need the one we were using before. And although we can't come back physically the same, we don't really need to come back because we never left. We're still very interested in what's going on here, where we are now physically. So why would we not celebrate that change? I'm all in for taking a moment to recognize that change when someone here is done. And then wondering, what's it like for them now? How fun must it be for them now? 
what would be a fun way to celebrate the life they lived here and the soul that they are? Because everything is temporary, right? So have fun with that. Why not be like Sandy? So until next time, you just got to know, I don't like funerals because I'm just not a mourning person. You can find me at mysticaltruths.com. 